Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses <laughs> podcast. I am so excited Thank you. <laughs> to have with me today the incredible Becky Nova of Lady Landlord. She's a native New Yorker. She's a cancer researcher by day, real estate investor by night. She's mm -hmm. lived abroad, owned an international business. It's a fascinating history. I'm so excited <laughs> to hear about it. She moved back from the U.S., penniless and homeless, which I actually, I can relate to because I did this. I lived in Argentina in 2003 for a year. I came back penniless and homeless too. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I can very much resonate and relate to that. She bought 10 doors in two years in competitive markets. And she started Lady Landlords right before this, the beginning of this pandemic to, to create a safe place to come and ask questions. And it's been blowing up and I'm super excited <laughs> to have her here with us. She's like, I was saying, I feel like, you know, she's definitely a soul sister, right? We we both share a mission yeah. to help women invest in real estate. And now she's empowering other women through their real estate events, accountability groups, worksheets, courses. So I love interviewing all female real estate investors, but I particularly love the ones that also have the heart to share <laughs> and help other women like I do. So welcome, Becky. I'm so thrilled to have you. Thank you. And also, too, now we have the travel connection and the living abroad. So yeah, that so where is did you something live? unique to us. Yeah. Where did you live so, abroad? So I used to live in Spain for a couple of years. I used to own a tour company there. And then I moved over to Portugal and I used to own a bar there for a little while, believe it or not. Wow. So, yeah. Very cool. Muy bien. <laughs> and, and where in Spain were you? So I was in Sevilla, which is down in the south. Mm -hmm. which was just the perfect place for me. It's just one of the smaller cities. It's yeah. very traditional, has all like the large festivals there. So it was really great. I got to be so immersed in the culture. It was, it was the perfect place for me to live. Wholly off topic, but my, my parents had actually retired to Spain and a bunch of family all there in the South, not in Sevilla, but in Cadiz and Algeciras and around there. So another thing, more things we share in common. So yeah. <laughs> but mostly it's about real estate and our love for that. So let's talk about your story. So how did you get started in real estate investing? Sure. So I always tell people I hate telling this story about how I got started in real estate investing because I always have to admit that my husband was right. <laughs> uh, which just drives me crazy, but it's just like this perpetual uh, thing that I always have to tell people. So I actually, since I lived abroad for so many years, like moving into like my own home, buying my own property was never something I planned on doing. I, once again, I was broke. I was like, no one's ever going to be a mortgage. I wanted to move abroad again. Why would I ever buy a house or put down roots? My husband is an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. He very much follows that American dream perspective in the United States. Actually, like more than like me, I feel like he's a lot more patriotic <laughs> than I am as a person. But he really wanted that, you know, white picket fence house, the 2.5 kids, like all that type of thing. So he kind of said to me, he's like, listen, like if, if we're going to like, we were boyfriend, girlfriend at the time, just started living together. And he was like, listen, if we're going to move forward, like we need to actually like get our finances right. I want to buy a house. This is what we're going to do. I said, okay, 
I like this guy, fine. So <laughs> I went, got my, I know. So like I said, I hate this. And I kind of like almost proved to him. I was like, fine, like I'll do this just to show you that like I can. And I really, I got myself out of debt. I figured out my finances. I was able to save for a down payment. I was able to really move forward in that. That was really the first part of it. And then I was actually the one that went back to him and said, okay, like we can buy a house, but I don't want to live like mortgage payment to mortgage payment. So I said to him, and I always tell people, I thought that I had like the most original idea ever. I was like, I know what we should do. Let's buy a multifamily. We live in one side, we rent out the other side, and then we make money off of that. I had no idea that there was like a term for that. I had no idea that this was something other people thought about. I thought I was like, had the most original idea ever. So that's actually how we got started. We bought a multifamily. We bought a duplex in New York and Yonkers. I know you knew, know New York too. Mm-hmm. So up in Yonkers. So we started there. And once we closed and got like that paycheck from back at closing for like our, the tenants having rent, I was just like, wait, 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 I'm getting paid to buy property. I was like, that's it. We got to do this again. We have to figure out how to do this again. Let's go. And from there, we just really kind of grew. Awesome. Yeah. I started house hacking too. Same thing, except I didn't, I wasn't that deliberate. I didn't think about like, let's make this pay for itself. I was just like, this is the only way I can afford a property in Los Angeles. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have somebody subsidizing this, the, uh, the person. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. But also same thing, duplex, house hack. Yeah. That's a great it's strategy. Really to get started. Yeah. Especially for those of us, I mean, for anybody, I think it's a great strategy, but especially for those of us in these high cost of living areas, it really can make a difference in being a homeowner or not. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad you made that work too. So what was after that one, right? So you start with the house hack. What was, but then you said 10 doors in two years. So what was like, how, how'd you proceed from there? Sure. So like I said, at like closing, I was like, this is fantastic. We have to do this again. So I think it was probably like 24 hours before I called my realtor and my mortgage broker. And I was like, Hey, I want to buy another house. And they were like, you can't do that. And I was like, yes, I can. And they were like, no, like you really can't, like you can't buy another house today. So I was like, fine, I'm going to figure this out. And after I bought that duplex, I spent the next few months just really diving into real estate education. And that's what I learned that house hacking actually had its own term. And that's what I learned about all these different resources and these different communities and podcasts like yours that I can listen to and start learning about. So I dove into all of that, but I still kept in touch with my realtor, with my mortgage broker and all the people from that, that quote unquote real estate team that we have and let them know, like, I want to buy another property. It was probably about six, seven months later when finally, after all my phone calls, I was talking to my realtor again and he goes, Hey, actually, I know of an off market property that might be a good fit for you, but you got to go get pre approved so I can tell you more about it. So I'm like, Perfect. I'm going to go call the mortgage broker. So I'm calling the mortgage broker to get our pre approval. My husband came home at the time and he was just like, Oh, you'll never believe who I just saw. And I said, Who? And he goes, Oh, I just saw our realtor across the street. I wonder what he's doing there. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the off-market property he's talking about. (laughs) It's across the street. It's it's across the street. So that was exactly it. There was, long story short, this during the appraisal for our duplex, our realtor was clearly here during the appraisal. The little old lady comes walking up the neighborhood and is kind of like taps him on the shoulder as the old lady in the neighborhoods do, right? It's kind of like, hi, like, I don't know you. Who are you? What are you doing in my neighborhood? So he said, oh, I'm a realtor. I'm helping somebody buy this house. So she goes, oh, actually, I might be interested in selling my house. Keep in touch. 
And they did for that same seven, six, seven months. So when she called and said she wanted to sell her house, that was exactly the conversation. My realtor said back to her, I think I have somebody that would actually buy it just saw, and you don't even have to put it on the market. So that was how they put it together. It ended up being a quadplex that also comes with a parking lot, which for any New Yorker or somebody in Los Angeles, we know how valuable parking can be in these cities here. So we ended up buying that. Oddly enough, we ended up purchasing that property one day to the year. We closed on the exact same day. We celebrate May 22nd, our house buying day, but more than we celebrate like our actual anniversary because <laughs> it was just cool that it was, it's our house anniversary, but it was the same, same day, same office, same realtor, same, you know, bank attorney, same attorney. Like it was just on repeat. It was really kind of cool. So then that was the next one that we picked up one year later. So it was just, it really kind of shows what that networking and staying in touch with people and also just telling people what you actually want. If you don't tell people what you want, like I would have completely missed that property if I never told my realtor I wanted to buy another building. How convenient to have a property that you are managing across the street. Um, all day long, all you will see is like my husband and I being like, hey, is the ladder over there or over here? Oh, where, are, where are the hedge clippers? Where's the hammer? Where are the screwdrivers? We just walk back and forth all day long. But it's great because we only have to have one set of tools. <laughs> so that is awesome. That's so great. And so you started Lady Landlords. What made you start that? I... When you now then start to have multiple properties, now I have all these tenants. There's all those situations that come up that nobody really kind of talks about, right? We've all heard of that, like the infamous, like, you know, a toilet backs up at midnight, right? Which oddly <laughs> enough, knock on, knock on wood over here. Like it's not, I know not uh, something that usually neither. comes up, <laughs> but there's all those little things that like a tenant will ask you and you're like, but can we do that? Or can we not do that? Or is this something I should agree to or is this something I should not agree to? And oh my God, this became a problem. How do I stop this from happening again? All those things just really started happening now that we had, you know, six, seven, eight sets of of families. Those were things that we had to figure out. And I realized that I kind of looked around and as much as like I can love my friends, not all of them understand kind of those differences of being a landlord. So I was like, I really need a place that's like dedicated for landlords. And I was, and one of my best friends in high school makes fun of me all the time because he's like, if you can't find what you, if like what you want doesn't exist, he's like, you just create it. And I'm like, apparently so. So that's, <laughs> that's what I did. I saw that there were other groups out there, but I just wanted a little bit of a different tone. So I started my own group. I started Lady Landlords, which is then we're, we're women focused. I feel like we have a different set of issues being landlords with either people not taking it seriously, the way that certain people feel that they could talk to us or treat us. So, and then also just, we're kind of in a male dominated field still. So I felt we like really, really needed a safe space to be able to ask our questions, to get our help. So we can really feel much more confident handling tenants, handling buying bigger properties, building our real estate investment empires. So that was really kind of where I started it. It really was for my own questions. And that was just because I thought it'd be like, you know, me and like my mom in the group and nobody else would ever join. So. <laughs> hey, goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. A 
that's what got me starting real estate investor classes too. It's a similar thing. Just like, yeah. oh, there are no women here. I'm alone. It's great to exactly. have other, other women on this journey with me. So beautiful. And what... So I'm going to ask you a question. It's my favorite question. I find that we learn so much more for when things don't go right than when they do. So what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Sure. So I'm going to answer this in two different ways, just because the first one I can't fix. Um, The first one is I wish I had done this sooner. I wish I got involved in real estate years ago. If I can, like people always say like, oh, would you go back and like tell, you know, yourself like 10 years ago, like it would be buy real estate now. The power of real estate, the power of building generational wealth through real estate is just insane. There are thousands of different ways to get involved in real estate. You don't always have to buy rentals and be a landlord like me. There are so many ways to get in. If you have money, if you don't have money, if you have time, you don't have time. So my recommendation, like, so my first mistake was just not getting involved until a couple of years ago. I wish I'd done this forever ago. But on a more practical, like what did I do that I wished that I thought of like at the beginning was also kind of building out like what my portfolio looked like. Once again, we fell into this. I bought that first property thinking I would only own one home. That was yeah. That was even crazy to own one home. So I think for me, I wish I had thought more about, I wish I had more knowledge of what real estate can do for people. Yeah. And how it can change your personal finances. But also I wish I had thought about more of what do I really want out of life? Because real estate investing can actually be a vehicle to get me there. And then I could have built my portfolio in a way to get me there faster, sooner. Right. So if we're thinking like there was a certain amount of cash flow where I could then leave my day job, I wish if I had thought about that at the beginning, maybe I would have picked a different house. Maybe I would have done a long term investment or long distance investment instead. So I wish I'd had more information up front than I do now. But otherwise, everything else, I feel like I feel like sometimes you have to make mistakes to learn. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. They're part of the process. Ooh, this is a fun one. (laughs) So here's this is was probably the most like practical mistake that we made. So we had, we bought our first duplex. We actually bought it, oddly enough, from house flippers. And I didn't care. I'm making money. You're making money. Fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. I had no problem buying from a flipper. So we bought this property from the flipper. So the house was vacant. When we came through for like the final walkthrough, there was like a leak or two here and there, just kind of like under one of the bathroom sinks. Not a problem. We told the guy, not, not a problem. We'll get that fixed. You know, he has a whole construction team nice and easy for him to get that fixed. And I didn't, we didn't want to have to deal with anything. We were really looking and hoping for that kind of turnkey property to move into, especially that was a very big goal of my husband's. So we now go to the closing. There's still that little bit of a leak and the owner, the seller is just like, yeah, not a problem. I'll have one of my guys, you know, take care of that for you. And there was also, they were supposed to paint a small little thing on the outside of our property. Same thing that wasn't done. So he said, yeah, not a problem. We'll get that done tomorrow, the next day. Nice and easy for you. So we said, okay. So we went through with the closing. Well, that turned into a problem. Next day, the the construction guy came. The guy that had done all the work on the house, well, he wasn't a contractor. He was a handyman. So he looks at the leak and says, honestly, you guys need a plumber. This is not something that I feel comfortable fixing as a handyman. It's just out of my wheelhouse. So... He said, okay, we called the seller. The seller's now on speakerphone with the handyman. And the seller's like, oh, I'm not spending all that money to hire a licensed plumber. I'm not going to do that. You, Mr. Handyman, just fix it as best you can. The handyman goes, 
you already owe me thousands of dollars that you have not paid me. Oh my God. I'm not doing any more work from you. So I know I can like patch this situation and fix it. I'm not going to. We said, okay, interesting. So seller also said, so handyman walks out, walks out of the house is like, that's it. I'm done. Not dealing with this guy. Sorry, guys, not your problem, but good luck. Okay. So the seller agrees. I have nobody to paint that little thing outside. He puts a check in the mail that day. Perfectly fine. But now we have this leak. And once again, thinking New York, remember that you're thinking townhouses, multiple floors. In New York, we have more space vertically than we do horizontally. (laughs) So our property, it's a four floor property. We now have a leak running through all four floors of our house. So (laughs) that we're trying to get rented and also move out, move into. So we end up having to get a... We then hire the plumber. We're like, we need to get this fixed sooner than later. We ended up getting the plumber. They actually had to like open four floors. Come to find out that that very same handyman, when they were renovating the property, I did not to have to walk down the stairs to take out all the, um, all the drywall. They were flushing it down the toilets for years, oh which then God. clogged the pipes. So we had, even though we'd gotten the house like professionally cleaned before we moved in, because we wanted all the construction dust. Once again, we wanted this place to be perfect. They now had to open the pipes in the basement and our pipes were covered with not only the dirty drywall, but everything that these, that the construction guys had used to go to the bathroom for like the past year, all over our basement on day two of, of house ownership. Oh, great. So now we have a couple thousand dollar bill from this plumber. Now my next favorite part of the story is all of a sudden then I get a letter from our city saying that we ha- had like a lien on our taxes. And I remember at closing being, and I brought this up, like our closing, we had like a four hour closing, which if you've been in closings, they just lean on our taxes. And I'm like, I've owned that house for a week. Like, what did I do to get a lien on my taxes? Find out that the seller, since he was flipping the house, didn't clearly have enough money. If you didn't hear that whole, didn't pay the, the handyman part. Yeah. So he ended up, he never paid the water bill for years for the property. Now, once again, now there's and, a leak. And in closing, that. they didn't find that? The escrow and no, the title company? Our, didn't- the title company never did their job. And I hated our title company. Did you have title also insurance though? Oh yeah. So then I had, I had to find a, another attorney to help call up the title insurance and explain, Hey, there's a $7,000 water bill that you guys missed. Yeah. So I now had to get my $4,000 bill from the plumber covered the $7,000 water bill that I owe to the city, all of that stuff like fixed. And that was like within the first like two weeks of us owning that property, we even ended up suing our attorney because also one of the things that she should have recommended was to have money. And this is the learning story for all your listeners here, <laughs> that since there were things that were not finalized on the house, if we chose to move forward with closing, there should have been money put in escrow. There yeah. should have been like 10 grand put in escrow. So that way, if the seller decided not to finish things, then that way we had the money to cover those leaks, to hire the plumber and to get all that work back and fixed. And that was something that we were not advised to do. Wow. So that was a mistake. How does that work for you? Does that- <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That was a very, that was a lot. There were a lot of le- lessons in that one. The importance, well, the, the, 
did you get the money back from the title title company? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, we got every single penny. Every penny I was owed. Okay. That's so all's well that ends well. But that you learned yes. a lot. You learned a lot. <laughs> the importance of title insurance, right? Um, yes. Especially I know everybody's always like, everybody's like, why do we need title insurance? That's pointless. That's, I don't really use it. Why. I'm like, no, you do. Why. Yeah. There, <laughs> yes. Things happen. And for anybody who does seller, fine. So when you're going through conventional, you're doing the bank, you know, you'll, you'll definitely get title insurance and all that stuff. But if you are seller financing, a lot of people think, oh, I don't have to do that part. Yes. You mm -hmm. do. Yes, you do. Yes, they really do. And it's make sure incredibly. that you own what you think you own and you don't owe things you don't know you owe. Yeah. yeah. Those things will travel with the property. Isn't that good? <laughs> All right. That was great. So what are you most proud of? I am most proud. So one of the things that like just in life, I'll say that I'm really proud about myself which isn't exactly what you asked me, but I'll just go there. I'm really good at problem solving. I'm really good at identifying like, okay, this is a really stressful situation. Here's the problem that we have at hand. What is the best way to get this fixed? And what is now the best way to get this fixed in the fastest rate of speed that's costing me the least amount of money, but is still being the most effective that I can get. Those to me are the most important thing. And I am really proud that when we have situations like this, that I feel like I can put like that kind of hat on and say, okay, Yes, this is really stressful. This is a horrible situation. There's, you know, horrible stuff all covering like my basement and I don't want to be the person to have to clean that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that I feel I'm really proud about saying like, okay, how do we get this solved? And I feel like one thing that I hear from a lot of investors all the time is like, well, I can buy the first one, Finite House Act, but I can't figure out how to get the second one. I can't figure out how to get the third one. And I feel like once again, that's something that I do really well with, with my problem solving skills and figuring out a solution and I'm figuring out a way to always make things work. That, that's, a, that's something definitely to be proud of and a skill that you need to use a lot as a real estate adjuster because yeah. things happen, right? There, you know, you, you buy like issues with sellers, issues with tenants, issues with the city, right? Issues with just like plumbing things that you don't expect. And, and it's just, there's oh, yeah. a lot of inherent drama in real estate investing and it can be wonderful when things are going great, but sometimes <laughs> things don't go well and you have to be able to fix it. So that's great. And there will always be something that will happen. Nobody has, maybe it's not a tenant issue, but maybe it's a maintenance issue. Maybe it's a legal issue. Maybe it's a finance issue. There's always going to be something and that's perfectly okay. It's just, let's solve it and move forward. Yeah. There's something at some points, not all the time. So you can go years without yeah. anything, but things do come up if you're in the business long enough. So to what do you attribute your success? Probably, I'm, probably as cliche as this can sound, kind of that like that why, that really like, why is this all important? And I feel like that's a step that like people tend to skip over. They're just like, okay, like I just want to make money. I got it. And it's like, okay, but let's dig a little bit deeper than that. Like, why is it really important? Like my, I feel like when I lived abroad, it was kind of like almost practicing for like what I want in early retirement. I want to go live on a beach, maybe run like a bed and breakfast, right? So it's kind of still that tour company bar that I used to own. But like, I really want to be able to like wake up in the morning and be like, what do I want to do with my day? How do I want to enjoy life? And what do I want to see out of it? So I feel like that's something that has always been a really kind of big driving force for me. I feel like that's something that every time, you know, these things happen, these problems happen, there's an issue here, there's an issue here. I can always be like, yeah, but real estate is giving me the opportunity to enjoy the life that I want to have, that I want to see. And yeah. if you're not a person that wants to go travel, you want to just spend more time with your kids, you want a little extra money to help cover a car payment, whatever it may be, all of those things can be done 
through real estate investing. You just have to identify what it is and then go after it. Yeah, so true. It's so great to have your clear why it's like to drive you. And also, so you make the right decisions. As you were saying before, mm-hmm. there are a lot of different ways to do real estate. It's not one size fits all. And yeah. as you're, when you're, you know, it helps to figure out why do I want this? What's, what do I want it to lead me to? Because depending on what you you want to do, it's going to drive different ta- strategies that you choose. Yeah. So what advice do you have a woman, do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? I would probably start where I just kind of recommended, like figure out what you want out of this, right? I feel like we hear people all the time being like, hey, I want to be a real estate investor. What do I do? Well, figure out what type of real estate investor you want to be. What are your goals? What are you trying to get to? Like I said, if if there's a very different strategy, if you're trying to replace your nine to five, six figure salary versus if you're trying to just make an extra couple hundred dollars a month. So identify really what it is that you want and then kind of pick your strategy and your plan accordingly. And also don't ever feel that you cannot do this because there is always a way to make real estate investing work for every single person out there. Absolutely. doesn't matter what resources you have or don't yet. You can make it happen. And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Honestly, I think real estate investing is a lot easier than we make it seem. I think sometimes we just get bogged down between, especially with social media, this person's doing this, this person's doing this. And we start looking into all these kind of like crazy options and we feel like we have to do this or we have to do things this way. And honestly, it's really not that difficult. You need to figure out what you want out of it have a plan in place and just go. It's not, it's not as difficult as you think, ladies. That's beautiful. Well, before we get into our famed end of show Trinity, which is our brag, (laughs) gratitude and a desire, what, uh, how can people connect with you and find out more about what you do? Sure. So the easiest way to find me is our Facebook group at Lady Landlords. Nice and simple there. Otherwise, the second best place that you can find me is on Instagram at BeckyNova24. Becky Nova 24. All right. So now it's time for our Trinity. What is one thing you're celebrating right now? What is your brag? One thing that I'm celebrating right now is, once again, I'm in New York. New York is just finally starting to open up. There are businesses now still kind of moving on. And it's been a really hard year for people between either those that have lost family members, those that were sick themselves, those that have lost their jobs. And one thing that I am very blessed to think about is that if my husband and I both lost our jobs in this past year, that we would have been financially perfectly okay thanks to real estate investing. Yay. Well bragged. Yeah. And what's <laughs> Thank one you. thing that you are what's one thing that you're grateful for? One thing that I'm grateful for is honestly pioneering women like yourself that helped put us in this position that are really helping showing us that they're that we can do this, that you don't need to be like, you know, an old dude to to invest in real estate. That that this really is something that is approachable and functional for everybody. So really all those other women out there that have been doing this a lot longer than me are the people that I just have so much gratitude for. And those that you followed on Instagram for like a year. So. <laughs> awesome. And last but not least, what is one desire that you have? My one desire would be that I can somehow pick up the state of New York and move it to a Caribbean island. <laughs> New York would just be so much better if there was just no snow. It'd make my life easier. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> not so shall your desire be or so much better than yeah. you can imagine. <laughs> I'm not sure how it could happen, but hey, you know, it's fine. A very New York-like place is possible. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Becky, for this. This was so fun to, to interview you and have you here. 
Y'all, you can connect with Becky at Lady Landlords on Facebook. Find her Facebook group. Connect with that incredible community. And Becky Nova 24 on Instagram. Connect with me at reigoddesses.com. There you can connect to all our socials, to our our awesome Facebook group for real estate investor goddesses, and um, find out about our events and and our trainings. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.